As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 233, Why You Need to Say No to Good Things with Becky Higgins. Yes, this month we are focusing about get started. That is our theme for January. And in this month, I want you to feel extra motivated to move that needle forward and many things that you have been thinking about doing, whether it's a habit that you know it's time to focus on, or maybe it's that thing that keeps nagging at you. Maybe it's like, I want to write more, or I want to learn how to do this skill. I need to organize that thing. There are going to be a lot of things on our list. But here's something that I think we often like to pretend doesn't happen, and it's trade-offs. I personally do not think trade-offs are a bad thing. In fact, the older I'm getting and the more that I'm trying to balance so many things in my life, I've had to reconcile that trade-offs are an important part of life and that they are, in fact, very good things. But it can be hard. It can be hard to say yes to one really good thing and in the process of saying that yes, say no to another good thing. I know that many of us are struggling to know how better what we can say yes to and no to. And that's what this episode is all about, how to make those good trade-offs. And sometimes that's going to look different from one day to the next or from one person to the next or from one season of your life to the next two. So before you dive into listening to this episode, I just want you to take stock of what's going on in your heart and in your life right now, what you are missing, what you need more of or less of, and navigate these trade-offs in ways that make most sense for you. Because the only way you're really going to get started on something is if you decide to stop something else. Our guest today is Becky Higgins. If you know her, which you should, she is one of the warmest women on the planet. And she has had to make a lot of trade-offs in her life. And she's had to start a lot of things and in the process, stop others. She's going to share more of her own journey in learning about how to make these trade-offs in ways that made most sense for the season that she was currently in and is in now. I hope you stay till the end because she's really going to share some personal ways that she is starting some things and in the process, stopping others. I really, really love those personal examples there. Okay, are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. Here you will get interviews and teachings that guide you towards meaningful growth and living the life you want without losing yourself in the process to perfectionism. Listen in to get lovingly pushed by our community that knows life is about progress 
not perfection. First, a few announcements from our community board. I want you to gain clarity about why you are struggling with organizing in your mind, space, and time. That is why I have a five free day challenge for you called the You Can Get Organized Challenge. And this will all take place online for free. And I have five incredible guest teachers who also are helping me teach how to get the answers you need about your struggles with organization. That way you can start 2020 with a plan in place and more understanding of what is getting you stuck in organization. You can find out how to sign up for this by going to aboutprogress.com slash organization challenge. And again, it's free. It's five days. It's going to start January 20th. And I really want you to be there. The replays of the live classes will all be available for you just by signing up as are some daily emails and a workbook that's again all free. I've been talking about this for a few weeks but it is now live and ready for you. The group that shall not be named for now, that's what its name is, is our new membership site exclusive for those of you who sign up. If you love this show and it has changed you, but you are looking for even more personal growth and you need more community and accountability and inspiration, join this new membership site. You will get the daily inspiration you need. And this is where you will now have exclusive access to the monthly progress plan. It's also where you will have weekly lives with me and every other week of those lives will entail some free coaching. We are also going to have a Grow Yourself book club all about personal development and so much more is in the works, friends. So go to the link in our show notes for you to sign up. For now, it's only $1 a month until we have this group down pat because this is our beta launch, meaning it's our trial run so that I make this group exactly what it needs to be before I charge full price. Again, go to the link in our show notes for you and you can always find the show notes on our website aboutprogress.com slash podcast. That's it for our community announcements. We're now going to turn our time over to the interview that I did with Becky, and we'll start with her introducing herself. I want to remind you to stay until the end of each episode where we have our new progress pointers. And these are really the notes that I have taken as I um, make these interviews, and I want them to be there for you so that you can take action and really change your life based off of what you are learning from these interviews. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I, I'm giggling because I'm like, oh, here we go. This is so exciting. I'm so grateful for the opportunity, Monica. Aww. You know that I love you. You know that Becky and I are such a fan of oh, gosh, your podcast. You. And so I'm just really grateful um, to have this chance to talk about something so cool. So to, so by way of introduction, um, so I live in Arizona, born and raised in Maryland. And so I'm a transplant, um, but now half my life is spent in Arizona. This is where we've chosen to raise our family, and we love it so, so much. And um, my husband, David, and I, uh, we've been married for 24 years, and we have three kiddos who are 17, 14, and 11, and they are, they're everything to me. They're just, mm. that's, you know, like it is for you and for so many, so many of us. Family is everything. Um, aside from my family and in my roles as a mom and a wife, I, I love running a business, and it's, the hardest best thing the mm-hmm. hardest best thing period yes <laughs> right um i we started this company 10 years ago it's my name becky higgins um it's the name of the company we started it because uh i saw a problem i saw a need i felt the pain um that a lot of people felt with regards to documenting and preserving memories and doing something with our pictures and i've been in the industry of 
um, documenting and storytelling and memory keeping and whatever you want to call it for 24 years, almost our whole marriage, you know, in this space of documenting and doing something with our pictures, I have had this whole time for 10 years of running the business. I've had a tagline that um, is cultivate a good life and record it. I've also become more and more connected with what it means to truly cultivate a good life. And obviously that's personal for me, like it's personal for you and it's personal for every one of your listeners. Everyone will have a different way that they connect to what it means to cultivate a good life, what it means to live a story that we want to tell and all of these things. And so that brings me full circle to starting a podcast last year. Which and, is so fantastic. Um, and that's how, of course, you and I have met, right? Yeah. Through podcasting. This is amazing. And so Becky Proudfit and I have a podcast called Cultivate a Good Life. And we started it October of 2018. And it is one of the greatest joys in my whole life. I won't even just say in my work, in my whole life. It is such yeah. a joy. And I feel really grateful to do it. And and that is totally what radiates to your podcast is that joy. And also your connection with Becky. I called you guys Becky Square back at Alt. And I don't know if yes. I was the first one to say that, but um, I'm sure I'm not. Becky Square. <laughs> Have you been? Um, well, yeah. I'm just going to pretend that came from me because you Monica two are such a delight. It. Yeah, let's Monica just say that here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's totally what I get from everything that you put out there together is that drive to push people towards creating a life of meaning and, and not just sitting by on the sidelines. And that's our, our theme of the month. Basically it's get started. It's stop being on the sidelines, get started in your life. And the weird way we're going to talk about this today though, is how you have to stop things in order Mm -hmm. to get started on Mm -hmm. others. Um, and, and so we're going to talk about your own series of things you started and stopped, but let's start with anytime you start something you are making trade-offs. Anytime you make any decision, there's going to be a trade-off with that. Even when you're prioritizing your day, when you choose to do one thing, there's a trade-off there, something built in that you have to say no to or um, other things that we have to stop. So I would love to hear from you. How has this worked you know, in your day-to-day life? Like how has this played out? But I'd also like to hear how this has played out in bigger ways. Like what things have you had to stop and say, it's not time for this. Or in order for me to do this, I have to say no to these things. Um, So that's kind of all over the map. But let's start with the day to day. Like, what does that look like for you to make those day to day trade offs to start things um, and, and, you know, stop others in order to start? Well, you know, I think that, um, first of all, it takes it takes a point of realization for one to truly understand that there actually is a trade-off. And what I mean by that is I'm sure you've seen this in your own life and you've seen this with people that you care about that sometimes you don't understand that there's a trade-off and you just add, you add something to your life and you add and you add and you pile it on, you pile it on and there's layers and layers of things and more things and more things. And, um, and then, and then there's too many commitments and sometimes that results in what we all know as burnout. Mm-hmm. Some people it manifests itself in a total meltdown or an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. or uh, you lose your mind or you yeah. yell at your kids or you, whatever, like it manifests itself in so many different ways. But I really, I really love refining moments. I'm really grateful for re- refining moments when I realized for myself that there has to be a trade-off in the first place and that it can't just be that I'm adding more things to my life. 
And um, so going back to kind of the question that you're asking in terms of the day-to-day, I've been thinking about that a lot. When you think about the day-to-day and you think about the trade-off, let me just break it down and give you a very specific example. And this is the thing that I'm like, okay, I am so going to get this, but I just, I haven't yet. And that is that I have used my phone as a stimulant to wake up. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any bad habits on my phone. I really don't in terms of like what I consume and things like that. I, but I but I check in the inbox. I look at my camera roll for a second just because I love looking at my own pictures. I check Instagram just to see if there's a couple DMs I need to respond to. And then that's it, right? It seems pretty harmless. Well, the problem is, is that when I check in and I use that screen to kind of wake my brain up, then now I am responding to other people's agendas. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like, there's nothing about what I'm doing on my phone that is actually helping me to be more centered and grounded within my day. And um, it, it seems like a harmless habit. But it's not. For me, it's not as I like I really feel like I can do better than that. And what I would say is a better habit and what I really have been wanting to be better about is my brain in the mornings is pretty fresh, right? So is yours. So so it is for most people. We wake up and we, we have ideas sometimes. And I really want to hit pen to paper. I really and and I mean that literally or not, like it could be that I'm typing in my computer, but I want to write, I want to write and I want to express gratitude and writing. That's like the thing that I feel most connected to. Um, I want to, I want to do some gospel study. It doesn't have to look like 45 minutes or an hour, but even if I give my time to reading and writing in that meaningful and personally enriching way for even just 10 minutes in the morning, that is such a better way to wake up than the screen and checking the inbox and checking the DMs. And, and so that is a very, very simple trade-off that, um, that I'm not there yet. I can't testify to the, <laughs> to like, right. oh my gosh, this has worked. Um, but it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm a work in progress. Definitely. Aren't we all? And I was so just going to say that. share what I'm working on. I'm yeah. so glad you would share that one, especially because one of the ways we started this month is to push people to think about what they want in their lives. Like what habits do they want to work on? How do they want to feel? How do they want to show up in their lives? And to pick one thing to start working on mm-hmm. that. So you're very timely. And I love, I love to hear how you kind of are choosing between two good things. I mean, it's not like you're addicted to your phone. You're using it as a tool. But that was still a trade off mm-hmm. for you. Like when you're choosing to do that one good thing on your phone or a few good things there, you're choos- you're trading off on the other things that are going to really enrich you. And now vice versa, to say no to another, you know, one good thing for the thing that's the better part, that's what you're aiming for. That's what you're striving for. And that's where I think we need to try to get started in that way of saying no to something good. Oftentimes it's saying no to good things um, to choose the better thing even for us in this moment. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you think about it, like we, I mean, don't you feel like at the end of the day, you there's something that you didn't do that you wanted to do, Every right? Day. And everybody kind of just relate to that, right? Definitely. And I don't mean we're beating ourselves up and we're mad mm-hmm. about it or depressed. I'm just saying like we all, I think pretty much every human can at some point relate to that. Well, there's something very specific that on a pretty daily basis, I always feel that nagging, that nagging feeling of like, 
man, I'm still not making this a priority. And it's a specific writing project. I'll, I'll put it up, leave it at that. It yeah. has to do with me, my personal recording of some stories that I've been wanting to write about and, and expressions that I've wanted to kind of pull together, mostly for myself and my posterity, not even necessarily anything that needs to be shared or published or whatever, but it's something that I have felt a tugging. I have felt that nudging that I need to be doing this. And yet every night I'm like, man, I still didn't do that. Why am I not doing that? Well, what are we talking about? We're talking about Mm trade-offs. So if I want to feel not frustrated, if I want to feel satisfied that I actually did something in my day that's more than just a check off of of the list of the things to do, but more of that feeling of like, man, I'm, I'm doing that thing. I'm doing that thing that is so important to me we're talking about something that I can chip away at 10 minutes a day. Well, I could spend 10 minutes in the morning doing this writing exercise, similar to what I was just describing a few moments ago, instead of looking at my screen and there I'm accomplishing the goal. And I'm also breaking a habit that doesn't really serve me well because Mm -hmm. the phone will always be there. I will check the DMS later. I will glance at the inbox later in the morning. Those are not things that have to happen at six 30 in the morning, for example, but writing while my brain is fresh and while it's, you know, honoring that it's a passion for me and honoring that it's something I have felt really strongly that I need to do, man, I can go to bed with so much greater peace of mind if I actually do that thing and I do it first thing in the morning. And that to me is what you are talking about, Monica, with the trade-off because mm-hmm. it is it is just replacing something with another thing and also... I'll still be able to do those things that I have been doing on my phone in the morning anyway, because they're not disappearing if mm-hmm. I'm making any sense at all. No, you totally are. And that's what I want to cue people into is that thought of what is that thing for you? What is that thing that nags you at the end of the day that you want to do, but you seem to not mm-hmm. make the time for? That's why I like that we're focusing on this day-to-day aspect first. Um because there's a lot of good things all around us. I mean, it might just be a sink full of dishes or putting the laundry away, or it might be a bigger thing like uh, um, you volunteered for something that maybe you really don't have the time for, or because you're volunteering in those ways. Um, maybe I'm thinking about school volunteering. That's honestly what I'm thinking about, yeah, like PTA yeah. president or something like that. Mm-hmm. There are still some good things that there are seasons. We need to say no to some really good things to make room for even these small things that might not seem so significant to the world or even praiseworthy, but are going to set us up to live the lives that we want, that you are so um, good about teaching us how to do that. I want to wholeheartedly agree with you because there are times and seasons where it makes sense for us to take on certain kinds of commitments. And because you brought up volunteering in the kids' school, I want to relate to that and just share that there was a season where volunteering in the kids' school was what I felt I don't want to say that I felt called to do it. I felt obligated to do it. Yeah. Not Mm -hmm. because of anyone else, but it was literally me, me, myself, and I, I felt like to be a good mom that I needed to be in my kids' classrooms and on the regular and, and serving in that way. And I think a part of that comes from a very awesome place of, I had a phenomenal mother. I have a phenomenal mother who in my entire childhood, she was, uh, she volunteered a lot. She was part of the PTA and she did those things. And, um, and I think I aspired to be that, but my mom also didn't have a career. And so here I was three little kids, full-time career, basically almost, it felt like almost a full-time service capacity within church (laughs) and also trying to volunteer in the kids' school. 
And here's the point that I want to drive home with regards to this that really applies to everybody that doesn't have to do with school, volunteerism or anything specific. When you have feelings of anxiety or unsettledness or whatever you want to call it that are creeping in or they're just taking over, for me, that's my sure sign that something's got to change. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with getting your plate full. Sometimes that is the season. Sometimes it is the right thing to say yes to all the things and be super committed because it's just got you going and you you know, your energy's up and you feel like you're serving people and you feel like you're accomplishing all these great things. But when you start feeling like the, those feelings of unsettledness are, are creeping in and you are losing touch with who you are as a human being. And you feel like your wheels are spinning so fast that you never have time to just be still. That to me is evidence that you need to remove some things from your plate. Weed the garden. You need Pull to make some of the weeds out. And yes, they have to have a trade-off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And that's where I think I'd like to spend a little time too. I would like to still hear more bigger moments for you as well, but trade-offs are good, right? Like we, Mm -hmm. no matter what, they're being made. So when we're choosing all the things, maybe it's a season of all the things, that comes at a sacrifice to something that is coming at, with a trade-off in hand. And oftentimes we can't see it till it, the, the season end is near and you realize, okay, now it's time to move on because of that anxiety or the pressing stress or just needing relief or a change of scene. Um, in your mind, why are trade-offs a good thing? Okay. So I love evolution. I got to start there. Evolution, also known as personal development, is basically the best thing ever. Right. So we're not supposed to we're not supposed to be stagnant as human beings. We're not meant to do things exactly as we've been doing them for months or years. And so to me, it's exciting that we have an opportunity to adjust what our trade offs look like on a regular basis. And it's important. I feel like it's a critical part of being human is that we need to reevaluate what those trade offs look like on a pretty regular basis. And I also think um, that it's good and that we, we get to experiment, you know what I mean? Like it's times and seasons we get to experiment with what those trade-offs look like so that we can figure out what works in different seasons of our life. Mm-hmm. And I, I have so many experiences with this. I think everybody does honestly, but because I'm a, a writer and a, speaker and a content creator and a whatever, I, I have an opportunity to think even more deeply than I would if I weren't those things, because I've really 
gone introspective and really figured out when those experiences have happened and what they have meant for me and how pivotal they've been. Can we talk about one of those or even a few? I would love to hear about these pivotal moments. You, You described them earlier as some refining moments for you where you felt like your call shifted right? Like uh, Mm -hmm. you were called to one thing, but then you feel a call to shift and make trade-offs, which means stopping something. So I would love to hear some of these moments for you. Uh, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one thing that comes to mind as just a historical pivotal time was um, probably a dozen years ago, I was working for Creating Keepsakes. And on behalf of that magazine, I was traveling quite a bit um, I mean, that's relative, but I was gone at least once a month, probably, and had little kiddos, but we always worked it out. It was actually, it's always been very good. Like the way that we've worked out people, friends and family that have helped with kids and my husband not having to take off too much work and blah, blah, blah. And so everything was fine and good with that. And we had our workflow down. But at one point I was in Orlando, I'll never forget it because I was there doing, uh, I was teaching at a Creating Key Six University event, CKU. And um, got a phone call that my daughter was in the hospital. Now, oh. she was totally fine, totally mm-hmm. fine. She, she had croup or something. Like My husband was with her. Everything was totally fine. She just needed to be admitted and watched for a day or whatever. But every ounce of my being was like almost, it's almost like I was yelling at myself, stop traveling. This is where you stop. And it's not that it had been an issue. It really hadn't been like, there was nothing that was like leading up to this where it's like, man, it's been rough lately. No, everything was fine. And my daughter was fine. But because I had that overwhelming impression that was so deeply personal for me and the message was clear as day that I just needed to stop traveling right then and there. Well, you just don't ignore that. Do you, you just, Mm -hmm. you can't, I, I can't. And so I stopped cold turkey and just let my let my company know that I was working for at the time I said I this is what's happened and I know everything's fine but I need to stop and so we canceled I mean I people were I had hundreds of students signed up to take my classes wherever I was lined up to teach maybe two or three more times in that that following quarter that following the rest of the year or whatever it was and I will forever and always never regret never ever regret that because even though nothing necessarily was going to happen if I continued to travel. The point wasn't about whether I traveled or not. The point isn't at all an argument of whether traveling for work is okay or not okay. That's not what any of this story has anything to do with, has everything to do with paying attention when you feel a prompting so strong that you can't ignore it. And so that was, that was really pivotal for me. And of course, of course I then started traveling again after a little while and it was fine. And it's always felt um, like I was doing as little or as much traveling as I've needed to do, according to how David and I have felt over the years. But, um, but that was, that was a really special time um, for me to, to make that decision and do it so boldly. It was such Mm -hmm. a bold thing, just especially with disappointing people who were signed up to be in my classes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. Another experience um, that was is way more recent, and it's this year, is, um, is something that I really, truly did not see coming. But after 10 years of running the business, uh, there was a lot of stuff that was catching up with me. Um, and I had a lot of work-induced anxiety that I didn't identify with as 
anxiety. I didn't know that that was even a thing in my life. I didn't ever feel like I related to it. I always was very compassionate toward people who talked about having anxiety. Um, but I just didn't think I understood it until an anxiety attack actually like slapped me in the face. Hmm. And, um, and this is back in, in May and, um, of this year. And I am so grateful for that experience because when it happened and thankfully my husband, David was with me. And so he was able to walk me through the crazy, like what was happening because I couldn't breathe. I mean, it was just this dramatic, like I, Hmm. I'm, didn't know what was happening. And I, I've always considered myself very even tempered and very grounded and very centered. And all of a sudden, here I am in the middle of an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. And the point of bringing this up is that David and I realized that what was actually happening was that I was having a biological physiological response to stress and anxiety that was a clear message that a trade-off because that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. needed to happen Mm -hmm. in order for me to be a healthier version of myself and a more well-grounded and a more centered um, and happier individual version of myself I needed to stop working for a minute Mm -hmm. and anyone who knows me knows that I have never not worked and and I don't mean like in a workaholic unhealthy way I mean like I love my work I yes. only work because I love my work. Um, I truly like, I love it so, so much. It's why I still do this work that I do because I, it's a part of who I am. And so to say to me that I'm going to take a month and not work would be like crazy talk. Yeah, <laughs> It's not something that I would have ever thought was a good idea. Um, and to shorten up that story, because I could talk for days about it, and I did on the podcast, of course, because yeah, I, like I, I felt pretty impressed to share about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I really, um, I knew that the trade-off had to be to actually stop working for a month, which actually turned into the whole summer. I mm-hmm. didn't work, except for the podcast and social media, because social media is like, it's part of how I breathe, like the the sharing, the posting of pictures and mm-hmm. and stuff that has to do with cultivating a good life and recording like that's uh, part of how I breathe and exist and so that in the podcast which brings me so much joy but everything else every project every initiative every product line every everything that I was in the middle of doing I literally took the white knuckles that were hanging on to all of it and I let it go mm-hmm. I let all of it go and I had the most amazing um supportive team and my family and, you know, close friends who understood what I was doing, but that was a big, that was probably one of the biggest trade-offs of my entire life. And therefore one of the greatest blessings in my life. It has blessed me personally, obviously, right? Cause the break, hello, yeah, the break, taking a break. And professionally, professionally, I had no idea that stepping away from everything for a minute or in my case, three months, was actually going to be the very thing that helped me to clear my brain and my heart so much that I would actually feel like I had a stronger back in my business. I I could stand up taller. I could, and I don't mean physically, although that's nice too, because I've been physically healthy this year. but, um, But I mean, like I had more confidence. I had more stability. I had more surety of myself. I had more alignment with who I am as a person and as a brand. Does this 
Does this kind of make sense? Like it all that clarity mm-hmm. came because I let go of what I thought I was supposed to do for a minute. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And with that, I think what I'm learning from your experience is just to expect that this is something we're going to have to constantly tweak and not maybe day to day in these, um, you know, life shifting kind of ways, but it's something that one day you decide my kids need to learn how to do this skill on their own so I can do this instead. And another day you go the other way. They, I need to, to stop doing this thing, even if it's a really good thing for today mm-hmm. to, to give some time to connect with them and walk them through something hard or connect with them or have fun with them. It's just a constant um, way of trying to balance it and not perfectly, like not balance and meaning it's, it's going to be stable, but more it's going to just kind of shift back and forth um, That's right. to what's right in the moment. And I'm, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a person who is not used to developing themselves because this is a personal development podcast and and there's a lot of people on the mm-hmm. sidelines of their their life in that way and and trying to figure out wh- what can I start for myself maybe it's a habit maybe it's a hobby maybe it's an interest maybe it's like getting myself physically out there um you know in a workout class or or starting an online profile about a mission I believe in and a purpose they're on the sidelines and they're debating am I worthy of starting this big mm-hmm. thing, which involves a lot of trade-offs. Maybe it takes mm-hmm. time away from things that do matter and are important to me. And I'm scared. Um, can you speak to that person? What would you say to them? Are they, are they worthwhile? This, this, this tug of war that it's going to entail. Oh my goodness. There's so many thoughts as you say that, because I, you know, I, first of all want, um, I would want your listener to understand that if you're looking around and you're looking at how other people are doing life and you're spending more of your time noticing and fixating yourself on the way other people are making choices, you're going to be incredibly distracted with yourself um, and your own path. And what I mean by that is sometimes I feel like those nudges that people feel about like I should do this or I should do that it it comes from the it comes from being a human among other humans Mm -hmm. (laughs) it comes from social media it comes from the neighborhood it comes from the church it comes from it comes from it comes from other people and what they're doing affecting you in a way that doesn't have to actually have that kind of an impact on you and and I I want to try to be articulate here and I don't think I am so far, but stick with me. Cause I do, I think this is going to make sense. <laughs> make sure that if you feel like you're supposed to do something, that it really is coming from within, that it really is something that you feel that this is the time in the season that you are supposed to pursue that thing. Now I'm not saying everyone should be a hundred percent confident in what they're doing before they take a step. Cause that's like far from the truth, right? Cause you and I would never have done a lot of the things that we've done in our life. If, if it came to that, because I mean, you and I, Monica, we've related to each other on the all or nothing mentality. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of perfection, perfectionism gets in the way of us actually taking the first step in the first place. Um, but when you feel like you have something that's just pulling on you and you just cannot shake it because it's from within, it's not pressure from society. It's not pressure from your peers. It's not what's happening on social media. But when, when you yourself 
feel in your bones that you are supposed to be doing whatever the thing is and you can't shake that and it keeps you up at night, then there's something to say about that, right? And and you you can't ignore that. And and you and I can both share lots of stories about examples in our own life, but when we feel called to do something, we, we really do have to pursue that and you do have to take the first step and you cannot let the influence of, um, of outside opinions prevent you from, from doing something that you do feel like you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's probably the main thing that I would, I would want to counsel if it were my friend coming to me saying, I don't know if I should do this. I don't feel worthy of it. My goodness, girlfriend, you are worthy. You are more worthy of, of all of it, of any of it. You are inherently worthy of, of everything. And then some, and no one is unworthy. No one is unworthy. That's it. Like, and there's room for everyone to try anything. There definitely is like God bless America and also the whole world. Like we, we all have an incredible amount of capability that we're not even aware of and and I wish that we all just could understand that um and truly um truly get it because then we would all be fearless right Mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter is we're not going to be completely fearless because we're human and we'll have those tempting thoughts that um that keep us from taking those first steps but um yeah, you are worthy. That's it. Three words. You yeah. are worthy. And you're worthy of it not being perfect or or knowing for sure 100% or having the results you want. And oftentimes I think the way we figure out if something is what we are, you know, quote unquote called to do is in the trying. Mm-hmm. That's how we figure it out. Like, is this the right time? Am I, is, is this what I need to be doing? Oftentimes I only find that out. Um, in the doing and the actual doing of it. Um, and, and I love that you're, you're, you're urging people to be centered, you know, what is, what really matters to you and not anyone else around you. Um, because that's gives you the fuel you need to, to continue to try things, um, and to pivot and Mm -hmm. to make other trade-offs that are hard. Um, you know, Becky, I think this is where we're going to wrap up our conversation, but I, I do want to end though to hear, uh, what is something right now that you are stopping in order to start something else? Mm, Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Because now, now I'm accountable. Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Right. Accountability is so good. Um, Let me just give a couple quick examples that come to mind with that, with with you asking me that, that are both professional and personal, because in that way, um, I, I just, I think that, we all have different facets of our life. And so that's the way I kind of think of it. Um, I want to say that I have stopped. I've stopped listening to everyone else's opinions Hmm. so that I could start getting more clearer than ever on what my brand is about and what my work is about. Mm -hmm. So that that's been something that I've been, I've really navigated my way through um, but I need to stop allowing a lot of small distractions to creep into my uh, workflow so that I can start um, on a couple of really big work-related projects that have been brewing in my heart and mind for a while. 
And this looks like protecting my time and creating intentional blocks of time to do these things. But that is very much a stop and start thing in my, in my professional life. Mm-hmm. Um, from a personal standpoint, um, I, I will share that I have stopped telling myself that regular exercise was supposed to look a certain way. And by stopping that, um, it's, it's allowed me to start a regular regimen of exercise that absolutely works for me and brings me joy. But I had to stop telling myself that it had to look a certain way before I could start the thing that's actually bringing me success and joy. Mm. And that's been remarkable. Um, and, and I already brought up the idea um, of what I'm working on in the morning routine, but I'll bring up one more small thing. I need to stop letting meal planning be an afterthought mm-hmm. so that I can start being better and more intentional about the meals that we have as a family. Um, so yeah, that's, there's that some examples that come to mind and I've got a lot of starting and stopping that I will continue and to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Work in progress. Not a one and done. Yeah. And we all no. are. This has been so inspiring to hear just how it's um, evolved for you and how it is so much of the day-to-day small habits and the bigger picture items too. And I'm just so grateful that you'd be so open with us and inspire us in, in the ways that you are just realistically uh, working on yourself right here, right now. All right, Becky, where can people find you if they want more of all of this goodness? Um, Instagram, first of all, is where I am hanging out every day. So that's Becky Higgins, LLC. And so I'm always there. I love doing stories. Stories are fun, but I am on Instagram pretty regularly. Um, That would be the first thing. The second thing is my podcast, Cultivate a Good Life. You can find us everywhere um, with any podcast app. And then the third place is the Project Life app. It's free. Um, It's so intuitive and so incredible and such an easy way right there on your mobile device to do something with those pictures mm-hmm. that are on your phone and actually record those memories. So those Instagram podcast and app, those are the three places that you can find me. Becky, you are someone I really admire so, so much. I'm really grateful that you'd be on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, the feeling is mutual. I admire you and I appreciate so much the light and goodness that you just put out there on a regular basis. It just, it means a lot to me that we feel that sisterhood, don't we? It's just a really cool thing. It so is. Let's share the progress pointers from this episode. Number one, get off the sidelines and start living. Number two, you don't have to be starting in a public capacity to count. Number three, there have to be trade-offs. Number four, consider what do you want? What is nagging at you? What do you want to get started on? And with that, what do you need to say no to? So that's number five. What good things do you need to say no to? Number six, without trade-offs, we can't evolve or create. Number seven, expect to constantly tweak what it looks like to be balanced. Do you want to be more accountable and better implement what you learned today? Here are a few ways. First, I have free resources for you. Go to aboutprogress.com slash getter to sign up for our go-getter newsletter, where I send a weekly, we got this note, and at the end of each month, provide you with a free printable of all that month's progress pointers so you can keep track of what you learned and then do something about it. Also in the show notes, I've linked to our free private Facebook group, 
where you can connect more with your kind of people. Second, expedite your growth with our exclusive online membership group, which is now at a very, very low doable fee. Here you will get access to a community of progressors on the next level, and you'll receive daily inspiration and accountability to advance your personal development. There you will also be able to participate in weekly lives with me, including some coaching calls, our monthly Grow Yourself book club, and you'll get special member-only access to this month's progress plan. Finally, be heard on this show. The last episode of each month is called Dear Progressor, and it is where our normal everyday listeners really shine. We can all learn from your own pointers and experiences. So send in your voice note, which is so easy to do. Learn how by going to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show and don't be shy. That's it for today, friends. Keep growing. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 